Welcome to the Alliance Experience Podcast, a real estate podcast talking all things property management with a side of banter. Your hosts are Sam Riley and myself, Kelly Johnson. Welcome back to episode five of the Alliance Leasing Podcast. Samantha, how was your week? My week, it's for what, we're two days in. Yeah. We had a long weekend for us, which was awesome, which I needed to be fair. Um, but it's being busy. Audited yesterday. Yes, auditing is always stressful, but we smashed it. We did. Good so it worked very well, thankfully. Excellent. How about you? Yeah, just busy. You know what it's like. Like you said, long weekend it sort of pushes this week out. So we are <laughs> recording two days late. Apologies. But yeah, we're excited to be back with episode five. And today we have a special guest. We have Nick Nesbitt. He is the area specialist for Wanneroo for our office. So we've brought him in so we can discuss selling a investment property or a tenanted property. So welcome, Nick. Thank you. How are we? Good. Happy to have you here. How was your long weekend? I ran away to Durham Bay. I had the weekend off, which was fantastic. Oh. So um, got up to Durham Bay for the night and then barbecues here, mum's birthday there. Oh, yeah. All that fun stuff. Nice. Sounds like a great weekend, actually. Enjoyable. <laughs> no signal. Uh-huh. The best thing about Durham Bay, Vodafone doesn't get signal. That actually, is good. Yeah, it's always actually nice to switch off without the phone. Yeah. We don't do it enough, I don't think. I think we stress that the idea of not yeah. having our phone available, yeah. then when you don't, you're like, oh, this is the best. It's great. You put it in the bedroom, you don't look at it. Yeah. We sat there and played Monopoly. And it's such a good time, actually. Life. Yeah. So, Nick, then, tell the people about you. Me? I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm just a normal bloke, but Kelly was hard <laughs> while she talks me up. So. I do. Um, look, been in real estate for about eight or nine years now. Pretty much jumped in straight out of school. Um, started with reception um, at a property management company. Followed that up with about four years of property management and have since been with Harcourts since 2018. So selling since then. So that makes it good for you, obviously, selling investment properties because you've had your, you know, finger as a property manager. Yeah, so you correct. know what's yeah. involved. So, you know, obviously, you know, the sales contract with an in and out and then, you know, the tenant protocols as well. So uh, vacating notices, entry notices, everything like that that comes with it. Mm. Um, yeah, it definitely yeah, just, makes it easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it helps to understand. You understand what the tenant's going through as well. And yeah, you don't stuff things up. <laughs> So what do you prefer, property management or sales? Sales. Oh, you answered <laughs> oh, that so very quick. quick. Uh, <laughs> Too the, quickly. Could have thought about it slightly longer. The flexibility of sales is is amazing. So yeah, you, you get in, uh, you get out what you put in. So um, yeah, yeah. we won't enjoy. hold that against you. <laughs> I'll do property management any day for the right <laughs> amount of money. Yes, that is what <laughs> I say too. Fair enough. I guess we should start with basically – Sam, you telling us what happens when one of our owners wants to sell a property that has a tenant in? So yeah. the process, I guess, within our department, and then how Nick handles it from there. Yeah, yeah. So from I guess from our little processes in the office, we've got the clients. Hopefully, will come to us to let us know their intentions, um, and then we kind of go through a bit of research first to find out one if they were referred in by one of our team because we're big for giving the sales reps their leads back. Like obviously, we don't want to take any business off them. So we basically look after it for the rep until it's ready. yeah, yep. yeah. We want to hold it so that they get that business later down the track. Um, but yeah, so if it's not referred in, then it does go out to one of our sales team. We've obviously got such a large team here, so we've got a bit of variety there, which is great. Um, and then essentially we do a bit of, I want to call it a handover. It's probably not a full handover, but give them a bit of info on the tenant, the property, the owner, obviously the lease term and everything in place. Because I know for us, a lot of our tenants get worried that the lease won't be honoured when the property is sold. Which and is I don't, fair. it seems to be a common thing that everyone asks. And I never really knew that 
people were worried about that? I don't think that, and Nick, you'll probably know this, I don't know that sometimes owners and buyers are aware yeah. that the lease always takes precedence. What do you find? Yeah, correct. Yeah. There's pretty much every situation everyone thinks they can buy a property and move in. So it's yeah. a matter of explaining that not only to sitting down and talking to the tenant before yeah. anything happens, but talking to the owner and explaining that depending on where that lease is at, there's benefits and negatives towards each one. Yeah. And then, again, having that third time conversation around with the buyer to say, no, there is a lease until June, July, August, whenever, mm. um, and you buy it with that tenant in place until then. Yeah. Um, and I think if you have that conversation, like Nick was saying, straight up, that tenant feels a little bit more comfortable, I guess, with the process because yeah. they're knowing right then what the expectation is and they don't have to start freaking out straight away about having to find somewhere else, especially in this market. So I think it's really important to be honest and open with that tenant. And I think that comes up. down to the sales rep as well. Like I yeah. know everyone works differently, but you're very good communicating that to the tenants. There's nothing better than a face-to-face conversation. So, yeah. you know, the perfect example today, I'm going to Balga to sit down with a tenant and explain the process. Yeah. They're on a lease until June. They're not getting kicked out of their home and hopefully we can find an investor to buy it so that they don't get affected at all. But yeah. until you sit down and have that conversation with them, the tail's up and, and they think you're going to kick them out. Yeah, so. I agree. They do. because And you can kind of understand it a little bit. Like if I'm in a property, Kel, it's happened <laughs> to you actually now I think about it multiple times. But do you I? do that first, I guess that first thought is a bit on the back foot. You're like, oh, God, here we go again. But I think if you've got the right person managing the property and the right person selling the property is they can kind of help ease that pressure a little bit on on the tenant. And it depends on the tenant because, like, I know for me it adds heaps of pressure because I'm a Nazi with how I live. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I fair. know I'm going to have to have the house immaculate for all those home opens and things. Yeah. But as well, like, if the sales rep appreciates how you present it, you don't mind doing it. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, if you know you're putting the effort in and it's going to be appreciated by the rep and the owner, then you don't mind that effort. But it is, like, don't get me wrong, it's very stressful. Yeah. I it find it be. very stressful. <laughs> I don't blame you. It, it is, like I said, it's probably one of the most stressful, stressful sorry, things you can go through as a tenant when you're not really sure what's going on. Like, it's the unknown. Yeah. No one likes the unknown, do they? No. So then, yeah, so we have those conversations with the tenant and I think the next thing is probably professional photos. Now, do you, Nick, do you get any kickback from tenants taking professional photos when they're in the property? Yeah, yes and no. Yeah. Um, obviously, some tenants are mindful of their belongings going yeah. out and against their decision. It's, it's not the tenant's decision to sell the property. So, yeah. What um, happens if a tenant doesn't want you to like, take photos while they're living in there? They are well within their right to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, officially, it's their belongings, but there's a lot of digital things you can do these days. So yeah. we can take a photo of a house that's fully furnished living space and, and dining and, and then we can send it off online and for I think it's about $10 we can have that digitally decluttered and all yeah. the furniture get removed. And oh, that's good. All of a sudden it's back to a vacant house. And, okay. Um, what we what I typically say to a tenant is that, you know, if there's anything that you're concerned about, let us know. Mm. We'll send you the photos before we put them out anywhere. Yeah. And if there's anything you're concerned about, let us know. We'll get it digitally decluttered and off we go. I actually think that's a great um, idea. So yeah, then they're comfortable you know, with what's out there. And not only that, but we also say to them, if there's any family photos on the walls, take yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The last thing you want is family photos or kids or anything up on the internet. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about just having that conversation and understanding what the concern is if they are kicking back to getting photos and working with them yeah so it all works better when we work together do you find that when you obviously like ring a tenant to tell them you're going to be selling the house do you tell the property manager to tell them first sam or how does that work i do prefer the property manager it comes from us yeah i do it look it doesn't always happen we had one recently that the rep um did and it was fine like i'm not against that i just always prefer the pm to have that relationship if it's at all possible but i know obviously if the rep's then dealing with them here and there then naturally they're going to speak about it but i just think it's 
out of courtesy, just a little bit nice for our property managers to ring them, you know, and just say, hey, look, we know there and we've got a relationship with you, but our sales rep's going to be in touch. And hopefully you can kind of build that same relationship with them and they'll talk you through the process. And then just like make that introduction so it can kind of start off on a and positive And let them know foot. that like Nick's going to be calling yeah. you. Yeah. It's, it's so much easier if that conversation happens first. Yeah. Whilst I do a lot of investment sales, so I know the process really well. Yeah, There's other agents out there that don't necessarily know that process as well. And mm don't know to sit down and, and discuss everything can reassure the tenant and work with the tenant. So yeah. when it comes from the leasing agent or the property manager first who knows the lease and can reiterate to the tenant that mm. they're not going anywhere, yeah. especially if it is a longer fixed-term lease, it just makes that first introduction so much easier. Things flow quicker, simpler. There's no kickback. Yeah. And I think it's always that's a good thing because you, you want everyone to be on the same page in a process like this because there's honestly so many factors involved, especially so, once yeah. then – it is listed and then the next step is obviously home opens and getting through yep. and, you know, trying to figure out what, you know, how many home opens the owner wants compared to how many the tenant will allow and, you know, it is from there just a negotiation. Well, so it's if you're what having everybody good, thinks is fair. Exactly. Well, fair and reasonable. <laughs> exactly. And, like, what's that? <laughs> exactly. Who's making that final fair and reasonable decision? Yeah. How do you find that? Every situation is different. That, that's the yeah. best way to put it. Um, again, you might get a tenant that's happy to open the house every single time because they yeah. understand the more it's open, the quicker it's going to sell, the yeah. less likelihood of ongoing home opens is. Um, you get tenants that have, obviously, everyone has social things on a weekend. So for us to go, oh, can we open the house at 12 o'clock on a Sunday? Mm. They may have a kid's birthday party or a picnic or whatever. So every situation is different. It's, it's just about working with a tenant. But what I find works best is if you try and get the first two weekends of home opens and then week on, week off. Okay. Um, Or two or one or something like that. So you're not pushing every single weekend. You're working with the tenant as to what they've got coming up. Yeah. The last thing they want is let's say they're going to a wedding on a Saturday and you're trying to do a home open. Yeah, of course. They're not going to be prepared. So don't push them into it. Yeah. And that all factors in as to when the property goes live as well. If the tenant's got a wedding that first weekend of the property being live, Put the property live the next week. Mm. It's not going to stop anything. It's not. And that comes back to you having the good communication with the tenant, just understanding the process and understanding what's going on in in everyone's situation. Yeah, the tenant's not party to a sales contract. They're still very much involved in it. Well, that's very true. Like they're living in that property at the time, so they need to be on board. Correct. So, um, other tenants prefer no weekends and buy a property during the week. Um, So there's other tenants out there that say, "Yeah, grab the office keys, come through anytime between Monday, Friday, nine to five. Yeah, just let us know when you're going because they're not home and they don't have to think about it and stress about preparing. They live comfortably. So, um, yeah, every situation is different. You've just got to sit down and have that face-to-face conversation with the tenant as to what's going to work best with them. Yeah. Do you have like a rule of like if you do an opening in the week, you won't do one on the weekend? Or like what if an owner says, a seller says to you, Nick, I want to open every Saturday and every Wednesday? Sorry, (laughs) Mr. Seller, the the Act says there's reasonable access and if the tenant finds that unreasonable, we've got no grounds to push that. Okay. Um, You know, we can go and do the same inspection notices you guys do. Yeah. Correct me, I don't know the form. I think it's form, form 19. 19. Yep, yeah. it um, is. Well done. Look there. at you. Um, that came in just as I left property management. <laughs> um, we can do that, but you upset the tenant. You're going to upset that relationship. And then yeah, all of, a sudden, of course. Once you do sell, you've still got access for finance valuations, building inspection, termite inspections, final inspections. Yeah. Everything else there that you've still got to have the tenant on board with. Yeah, there's um, a lot happening, isn't so, there? So, yeah, it's, everything's a negotiation, but... You've got to look after the tenant through the process. And if yeah. they're not looked after, they 
won't allow. No, it's so true. refreshing to hear a sales rep be so aware of a tenant mm. because I feel like you've said there's so many sales reps everywhere, other companies that just want the commission and don't think about <laughs> the temple, well, you know, yeah. like they don't think about the tenant. And I'm a big believer, like I said before, if you're treating the tenant well, they're going to make the house look good, which yeah. is going to make your job easier. Yep. It is. And do you know what I love about the team here, the sales reps here, is they will ring us, me or you, me or Cal, I should say, most of the time, um, but ask about that. Ask about what the reasonable notice would be. Ask about what reasonable hours are included. Like mm-hmm. so, because obviously it's Monday to Friday, I think it's what, 8 till 6, mm-hmm. Saturday 9 till 5, and then um, on a mutual agreeable time on a Sunday. So they'll ask about those things. So, so I love they, yeah. that they'll make the call to us and say, hey, we've got tenants and we may be having this issue or we're not sure what to do. Can you let us know what, you know, what we should do based on the act yeah, or what you guess. think? Yeah, exactly. They yeah. don't just make it up or then they don't just get annoyed because they've tried to book in a home open on a Sunday and the tenant says no. <laughs> no, so I love that. They're very. Yeah, they um, are very aware. Yeah. So that's always a good thing. So once a house is under contract, so say you've yep. got one of our rentals, you've got an offer on it, we're waiting finance, yep. what happens? Uh, pretty much it's a normal sales process from there. Um, obviously, it comes down to whether the, the tenant's on a fixed lease or a mm-hmm. periodical lease in, in this instance. Yep. Um, there are different notice periods um, or negotiations here, I suppose, that, that yep. we've got to factor in when writing that contract first of course. before we go under contract. So. Um, with them in mind, there, there may be different things that happen through that process. But typically, you go under contract, you buy and pay as a deposit. Therefore, you go under contract online or under offer, as it said. Um, you wait for your finance period, you get your finance approved, and then typically the building and termite inspections will happen after finance is approved. Yeah. Um, some buyers prefer to do them earlier, but majority will be within that week after finance approval. Um and then, yeah, final inspection goes to settlement. So did you mention before that they need to do an like uh, somebody needs to view the house for finance approval? Uh, yeah, finance valuations happen when there's high lends involved. Okay. Um, so yeah, typically anything with an 80% lend or higher, um, loan to value ratios come into play and the bank just want to make sure that you're not overpaying for that property. So um, you would always be there, wouldn't you? If somebody needs to view the house Pertaining to the sales contract. Majority of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the the tenant would always be aware of we're not attending. Um, Okay. It's usually them saying, don't stress. It's a five-minute walkthrough. Of course. Yeah. Um, You know, it's fine. Um, But we always offer to be there. Okay, nice. You know, it's... Again, it's not the tenant's decision to sell a house. So they should be put on the pressure of having people come through the house without (laughs) someone there to, to... babysit the valuer yeah um, so good yeah, point typically we will be there but some tenants do say don't stress it's a five minute walkthrough and, and valuers yeah. aren't there they're in and out in but yeah I've, I've had a few on my place previously and mm-hmm. they do kind of go in yeah. and out pretty quickly don't yeah. they i feel like they do all the research before they get there yeah, yeah. like yeah. at the end of the day a lot of information is out there online about exactly the especially yeah. when there's a rental there's photos from when it was rented out so yeah 90% of the time, nothing's changed. So it's it's just a walkthrough to understand the layout more or less and mm. um, if anything has potentially changed since it was rented out. Yeah. Mm. Um, I just wanted to go back. You said before with regards to the contracts, and I don't know anything about sales contracts. So I'm not going to quiz you on that. But um, notice periods, I think yes. that's a, bi- a big thing. So obviously we were saying before that the lease is honoured. Yep. That is if it's a fixed-term lease. So Correct. I think it's important to mention that there is obviously properties out there where tenants are on periodical leases. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, obviously a month to month. Um, and I think it's also probably important to mention that the notice period for a periodical lease can change if mm. an owner enters into a contract of sale. Explain that then maybe. So, yeah, so normally it would be 60 days. Um, so it just, yeah, normal ending periodical lease, 60 days notice to a tenant. 
But if an owner enters into a contract of sale that does reduce to 30 days. That's not long, is it? I don't think so. And I think it's really important for tenants to be aware of that because in a market like this, as tight as it is, 30 days is is nothing. Well, you usually want a week lap over from like moving out to moving into a new house so you can clean where you are and move. Yeah. So that's really 21 days. Yeah. It's crazy, right? So I just think it's important to mention, especially with – and I know I've had this conversation with some of our reps, is giving notice because a lot of them don't want to give that notice until after finance is approved just in case something falls over. Um, but then not allowing enough time between giving that notice and settlement date when they're trying to, yeah. Uh, there'll be a lot of people that write contracts there with settlement to be 30 days after finance yeah. approval and expect you to give a notice on a Saturday for the tenant to get 30 days and they move out the day of settlement where yeah. really you should be writing that contract with settlement to be on a periodical lease basis, settlement to be 35 or 40 days after to give that finance time. Is yeah. So you've got adequate time to not only, obviously, the tenant's going to know the property's under contract. So they're going to be aware that 30 day notice yep. is coming. Of course. Um, but it's not issued until finance is approval. Yeah. You're right. Um, but that will allow enough time for the notice to be given, the tenant to move out, and yeah. still that seller to wrap up that final inspection yeah. and, and make sure the tenant deserves the respect and getting that final inspection done instead of it being rushed and yeah. buyer wanting everything. Because mm. Buyers always want everything. <laughs> but you're also, you'd be in trouble if, I think this comes back to sales contracts, like you said before, if you've written a contract of sale with a periodic tenancy in place with vacant possession at the time of settlement mm. and then the tenant doesn't vacate. Correct. Like what happens? Yep. Um, <laughs> essentially, we, we go down. So you wouldn't, in a sales contract side of mm-hmm. things, you wouldn't fulfill the condition of vacant possession. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you wouldn't be able to settle. Okay. Um, as soon as it goes past the settlement date, there's... I always refer everyone to a settlement agent. They're the interpreter yeah, of the contract of and, and will advise you accordingly. Um, but there's there's grounds to say the condition's not satisfied and let's terminate. Yeah, okay. Um, not likely to get to that stage because everyone's mm. a human Still and we go through the process. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the tenancy side of things, and you guys will probably confirm this, it'll go through the standard process of what happens when a tenant doesn't vacate when they're provided. Yeah, the and that's the thing. And then for our, from our side of things, it's it's a long process. You know, you put in your court application, you go to court, you try and get your eviction order. And look, in this market, good tenants can't vacate but, because they can't find a property. So it's got nothing to do with the fact. And that's in what a I was going to say. It doesn't mean it's a bad tenant. Not at all. And it's just, yeah, so it's just, I think it's really important to know the notice periods and just be aware of the market right now. And that just goes straight back to having that conversation <laughs> at the start. Communication is Trying safe. to tell the tenant exactly how things go so they know what to expect when things happen. But if a tenant's on a periodical lease, you'll obviously have that conversation. Yeah. So look, you'll be aware of what yeah. goes under contract. And this you'll is... probably get a 30-day notice. Obviously, if we sell to an investor, it's different. You'll of be course. aware of that. But if it's someone that wants to move in, you'll be aware that 30-day notice mm. is coming. So once it's under contract... By all means, start looking for properties yeah. as well. Because they can um, give 21 days notice. Yeah, perfect yeah. example. I've got one on Currenbine at the moment where the tenant's found a property, but the agreement between tenant and seller is that she can vacate any time after finance is approved. So we're in that grey area of now, I've just found out this morning finance is approved, so it's all happy days, <laughs> but we're in that grey area of the tenant officially is breaking their lease, but there's an agreement in place. Yeah. So a day later, let's get it through. So... Um, yeah. But thankfully, through communication, the tenant you able to was it. able to let me know what's going on. I've let her know where finance is up to and we've had that ongoing conversation and she hasn't fully, fully accepted that property yet. Mm. But as soon as we finish up here, I'll give her a call and yeah. leave that letter on my desk and <laughs> give her a call and let her know that, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all happy days. We've worked together and we've all got a positive outcome. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, because it's kind of what you're looking for in a scenario like that, isn't it, really? So what about if you sell a house like mine that has a yep. lease until October? 
Yep. How does that work for the buyer, the seller, the tenant? Yep. So obviously we've had that conversation with yourself and the seller. Yep. You're there until October. Yep. Um, we write into the contract that the buyer is aware and accepts that there's a uh, tenant in place until October, paying X amount of rent per week. Um, should the tenancy be mutually terminated by tenant and seller before settlement, the owner, the buyer accepts the property vacant on settlement. So we put the option in there, and I don't know if this is something that's full you should tell that to the other rep, so that's a good... In my contract, and that allows you, obviously you never know what you're going to sign up for with a new owner, so that allows you the option if, if you're uncomfortable with the sales process or mm. you're ready to buy a house, you're allowed to vacate up until settlement day. That's good. After settlement date, that lease stays as on it. Okay. But obviously, again, you're aware of where that lease is at. Yeah. So, um, and nine times out of ten, a buyer is buying to occupy, so they like it yeah. because they may get occupancy early. If it gets the settlement, you're still there. It becomes a negotiation between you as the tenant and, and the new owner. What a great idea. Who wants to move in? That's a great clause. Yeah. We should email that clause out. It's yeah. really good. Um, just on that, you just mentioned a lot of the buyers at the moment are wanting to move in. What? How many investors? Well, do you see at the moment on the in the market? It's, I should say it's very area specific. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could list a house today in Merriwa and I would sell it within two hours to an yeah. investor over east. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know what it is. Someone obviously there is telling the secrets of <laughs> how good Merrill is. Um, <sighs> but then you get other suburbs like Current Vine where it's going to be majority owner-occupied. Yeah. Um, you know, or Wanneroo is a, a bit of a split. Sinagra's owner-occupier. Okay. Uh, Ashby's owner-occupier. Um, it, it's a bit of a split there, suburb depending. Yeah, um, I find that as well. Yeah. That's probably okay. the same as an insight into the market as well. Um you know, everything's running a different race depending on where you're at now, what your yeah. zones are, uh, et cetera. So, um, yeah, yeah, okay. Area depending. Yeah, fair but enough. There is a lot of investors out there buying properties in, in the areas that are dominated by investment properties. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, okay. Otherwise, if it's a heavily owner occupied area, it's majority more likely to be an owner occupier. Yeah. So if the buyer is obviously happy to, just circling back, no, it's fine. happy to honour the lease, yep. so they know there's a lease until October, they're happy to, do you, like, do they contact me? How does it work from your side of things when you know it's an investor buying the house? So typically if, if it's an investor buying a house, sometimes they'll come with plans and they'll send their property manager on behalf of them if they're not local for the mm-hmm. viewing. So you yep. know they're sort of tied up and um, with their property managers. But if they're a bit unsure, yeah, definitely we send them through. Um, we had a good example in Alcamos recently um, where um, Perfect Buyers from over east, they plan to move over in a couple of years' time, but they'll hold it as an investment in the meantime. Yeah. Um, we put them through, obviously, to yourself. You run through all the process, the fees and everything on the management moving forward. Um, and, yeah, hopefully you're good enough to secure business. <laughs> no pressure ideas. So nobody's well, that's a perfect segue. So now, Gail, you're, it's you. What happens then? So Nick's giving you the lead. Got an investor wanting to buy one of our properties? Yep. So Nick does the introduction yep. and then obviously I contact them. Always a phone call. Always first point of call, as Nick would say, is yep. a phone call. And then I'll basically send them our information pack, which introduces us, our property management team, and mm-hmm. basically how we work. Yeah. Um, most, as Nick would agree, over East buyers, as I've said before, are very fee-orientated because our yeah. fees here. Yeah. are a lot more expensive than Very over east. So. We'll do a whole podcast on this, so we'll <laughs> we leave that there. Will. But explaining to them that WA has always worked differently and these are how our fees are structured, but keeping in mind that there's already a lease in place. So mm-hmm. we've already got 90% of the documentation, so all they yeah. need to focus on is the management 
um, fee. And then, of course, in turn, we can do the adjustments. So settlement process is smooth because we can change from one owner to another and ensure that the tenant's not disgruntled, rent's still coming to us. So none of that changes. Yeah. It's simply an ownership change for us. Yeah. So it is a lot easier, obviously, when we list, relist the property. And then the next real um, fee for that owner to worry about is when a routine inspection happens. Okay. So they just slot in as the old owner, they come yeah. as the new owner, and we just handle it from there. So if you're, let's say you've got uh, like a local investor mm-hmm. or an, I was going to say international, interstate investor, do you approach those differently? Um, yes, mainly around the fees because okay. local investors over here know, like they've shopped, investors yeah. as we would all know, shopped around so they know what fees are everywhere. Local investor knows that um, our brand is very prominent and very strong and how easy it is to keep the same agent on. Yeah, I find that over East investors, because they're more money focused, they're not so concerned about the brand or who's dealing with it. They're concerned about the dollar. Yeah. So when you explain to them that there's not actually all these other fees because we already manage it, we've got the property condition report and everything's on file, it's a lot easier to go, this is why our fee is this yeah. and this is why it's easier for us to continue managing it. It's yeah. just a different conversation, not too different, but it is just a little bit different. Yeah, okay. And then, okay, so next question is probably for both of you in terms of final inspections. So obviously for sales, you need to do a final inspection, of course. Yeah. So question one, what do you look at at final? And question two for Cal, I guess, do would you go to a final inspection on behalf of an owner or a buyer, I should say? Yeah, so the, the final inspection or the final walkthrough, I call it, because inspection's yep. a pretty demanding word. I <laughs> it's very <laughs> aggressive. Yeah, following building inspections and termite inspections, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so the final walkthrough, pretty much you, you just want to satisfy every condition on the contract. So um, typically by this point, the building and termite inspections have been satisfied. Um, yeah. Any repairs that are appropriate have been done and, yeah. and uh, invoice and photos supplied, et cetera. But the big one that we will do it a final walkthrough ourselves is the gas electrical plumbing. So you're going through things like stovetops, ovens, oven lights, range hood globes, uh, power points, normal lights, garage doors, anything that uh, has a gas electrical or plumbing mechanism to it. Yep, okay. You, you test at that point. Um, and we find it's a really good way for the buyers also to take measurements or anything that they want as well. Yeah, of so, course, yeah. Um, property's vacant. We'll typically get quotes and everything at the, that point as well. Okay. Um, or, or, again, negotiation. Given we're speaking about with tenants there, you don't want to be in there too long. Yes, um, of course. You know, you don't want to overstay your welcome. You're there to do a job and get in and get out. Yeah, um, as quick as you can. If the investor is local, it, it's a good way for them to build rapport with that tenant as well yeah. and um, reiterate that they'll be looked after. So, uh, But the main purpose of the final walkthrough is gas electrical plumbing. Okay. Um, check all that. Check all any other conditions that are on the contracts that may pop through. Um, yeah, it shouldn't take more than half an hour, 45 minutes. Okay. Usually an hour with me because I get chatty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same though. When I go on yeah. behalf of like an overeast investor, I will always do a walkthrough with the sales rep first. Okay. Make sure everything's working and then I'll FaceTime the buyer. So Perfect. I FaceTime the buyer, say I've done a walkthrough, I show them, you know, things are on and working. If the tenant's there, do a little FaceTime hello. Yeah. Um, and then just basically explain what we've checked, much like obviously Nick would have already explained it to the buyer. I just say that I've represented you today. Okay. Checked everything is in good working order. And if there is like a light globe that needs replacing, make a note of it and obviously talk to the property manager to make sure that's checked. Um, but yeah. That's it's nice and yeah, easy okay. from my point of view because most of the time you sales reps know exactly what to check and we're just there on behalf of them and they like the FaceTime yeah. because they feel involved. Yeah, okay. And do you charge for that? No. Yeah, perfect. That's just a part. I think that's 
for me, I always offer that because A, I'm nosy and I like to look at houses, <laughs> but B, yeah. it's nice for the clients to have me there and go, look, I'm here right now. We're on the phone. Yeah. Let's walk through together. So they see me, they see the sales rep again and it just makes it, I don't know, it just builds a rapport. And I don't think, I know yeah. people do charge. Like I have heard that people charge for that, but I don't think, you know, half an hour, hour out of your day needs to be charged for that rapport for a client. Yeah, that's fair enough. And something else that just popped into my head, actually, the property condition report. So when you are selling an investment property, do you give them a copy, the buyer, I should say, at any point a copy of that throughout the process? No. Oh, this is a good one. It's, I've had an argument well, that's, about this yeah. lately. That's why I want to know. It's, it, it's a bit of a grey area. Officially, the, the buyer buys the property as they view it. Yeah, okay. So, so what if there's a hole in the door? So if someone's punched a hole in the door during the tenancy, Nick? Officially, they buy it as the... Right. No, so what a, it, this it, is it an is argument. It's a very isn't it? big grey area. It is. Um, I always use the example: um, the walls are white when the tenant moves in, and they paint them pink. Yeah, the buyer buys the house pink, but then the tenant has to paint them back white yeah. when they leave because of the condition report. Officially, they don't. Officially, yeah. they take it as, as where it I know, was. it's crazy. So but isn't tell. it? See, I'm going to argue on that yeah, one. Well, I, I don't know, because, but I love the argument. Well, okay. So the lease always takes precedence, yep. as yeah. we know. Yeah, of course. So why would the property condition rep- not not report not always take precedence? Like you've just said, the tenant has to make good, so why wouldn't you give them a copy <laughs> of the property condition report so then the buyer knows <laughs> what they're getting in for? It's, it's as I say, <laughs> I it's, love it's a good argument. Because it, it is a grey area. I think they're... Um, you're probably putting more onus on the tenant to go back, whereas the, the property's changed hands, right? So yeah, that's it, look there could true. be an argument there. That so the buyer's okay with be the tenant. Property condition report getting done at the time of settlement. Fair. Yeah, look, people have also there, said that as well. Yeah, have they? You could and should. I've do had that, that conversation. So I've never had that conversation. I, I don't. I personally, my opinion, I don't agree with it, given that it's supposed to be the commencement of the tenancy. However, I have spoken to people that have suggested it may be a good idea, and. I guess there is some legislation in there around when you do change of tenancies for um, violence reasons or just typical change of tenancies. People have argued now that you should be doing file inspections and then new inspection at that time as well. So it's it is a conversation that's out there. Which I just is, think yeah, it's possible when there's furniture. Yeah, it's hard. It's, every cupboard's full. I know. And, yeah, it's. Um, but perfect example yeah. of that is one in Butler that's under contract at the moment where the tenants done dramatic changes to the house. Like actually. good changes? Great changes, oh. <laughs> great changes. And it's a bit of a silent conversation between the tenant and the seller that they've been getting quite less rent because they've been improving the property value. Okay, uh, fair. Yeah. It's changed hands now. So but then you When the tenant moved in, the backyard mm. was a sandpit. Now it's got thousands of dollars worth of fringe panties, wooden seating built in, oh, yeah, okay. uh, veggie gardens built oh, in. Oh, wow, so like really it's, nice. It's, we're talking 20, 30 grand's worth of improvements. Wow. So property between the backyard and, and the living space. There's built-in cupboards in, in a study. Um, sliding barn doors on the hallway that was vacant. I love a barn door. So then, okay, yes, <laughs> then the comes up. Do of, they make it a sand pit again? Well, yeah, that's the argument. Oh, of God, the yeah, wow. So I, I, what I a scenario that is. In the sales contract, I don't have it in front of me, so I won't quote it. But yeah. essentially it was we sent the buyer of that property the property condition report. Yeah. Said this is what the tenant is expected to return it like. Okay. Or better. Got it. Or better. Yeah, okay. Obviously things that she is cemented into the ground or bolted to the wall, she is likely to leave. Mm. Um, yeah. There are some things, grey area, where like sheer curtains that she's put up over the- That technically the, she could yeah, take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, so in situ- again, you've got to sit down with the tenant and you yeah. understand what is different to the property now that- Possibly theirs, or what have they contributed? Yeah, um, and you've got to try and contract around that. So, would um, you always send like 
at any point would you think normally to send the property condition report? It's typically not included. Okay. Okay. But, again, you you know when you've got to include it based on that. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're having a scenario like you've just done, but yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's interesting. I do like that. Debate. I just, I, it's just a conversation I've always had, and no one's really, no one ever agrees on the answer. Well, I hadn't, and no one ever really knows 100%. I guess it's, you know, I always great you, area. You probably hold the tenant accountable to cleaning. So, like yeah. a reasonable, yeah. Um, but damage if it was there at the time of sale. You that's could argue every, that they've got every right to say wow. that's how they bought it because that's how the buyers viewed it. That's how the buyers viewed it. That's mm. what they bought. Um, provided there's no condition in the contract to repair yeah. the damage. Yeah. Well, it's all very interesting. I know. I I'm glad I asked the question. Yeah. Actually. But this is why it's so important to sell with an agent within the agency you went through. Yeah. Oh, yes. We have access to that property condition report. Whereas if I sell with Joe Boggs Real Estate down the road, yeah. they're not going to send me a property condition report because they know there's no requirement to send it in a contract. Yeah, of course. So, to have that same property manager from start to finish or, or at worst that same agency, yeah, um, you know where things are at. Which I think is very important, yeah, like you said, to not miss things because I know that um, we have missed a dishwasher before. Yep. Yeah. When the tenants. Dishwashers are huge. Yeah. That they're it was, expected to stay in a sales contract. Yeah. And if the tenants put it in. Well, that, that was our scenario. The tenant had put the dishwasher in. The sales rep assumed it was the property owner. Which is fair. Yeah. I, I'll yeah. wear my own faults. I bought two dishwashers in my time. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. It you does happen. Assume. Interesting. So then at what point would you give the buyer a copy of the lease agreement? Uh, on settlement. So not before? Look, if, if there's curveballs in there that are unnatural, let's okay. call it. Yeah. If they put like um, a condition. We make them aware of it, but they're mm-hmm. not entitled to it until settlement unless they contract around it again. Okay, yes. Yep. Yep, so yep, if yep. they request a copy of it within the contract, that's fair enough. So like once finance is approved, we want a copy of this. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, but, you know, typically we'll have a conversation with them around Obviously, they know the important factors of when it expires and what the rent is. Um, but if there's mm. any curveballs in there, um, yeah. like if it's a fully furnished and equipped oh, property yeah, of course, yeah. that's selling, they obviously need to be aware of that before buying the property. Yep. Um, little things like rent review dates and um, note, electronic service of notes. Oh, yes, of little, course. Little things like that we don't obviously go into too much detail about because yeah. they don't affect it too much and can change at any time. Of course. Um, but, yeah, anything majority... Anything, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Anything that's a material fact. Yes, yes of their, course. Their to buy yeah. Uh, we obviously make them aware of before entering into a contract. Of yeah. Uh, Being upfront, making sure yeah. they know everything that's, yeah. yeah. Well, I always think like when I'm looking at houses for sale on the market, I think it's so good when you see it nice and clear that there is a fixed term tenancy in place yeah. at this much rent in the actual ad. Not everybody does it, but it makes sense to put it in there. Why wouldn't you put it in the ad? I do and I don't. Why wouldn't you? Okay. Depends on the timeline. Interesting. Oh, on how, like if it's yeah. how long yeah. left? So if there's, um, again, we want to be as attractive as possible for every buyer in the market. Okay. So investors will buy a property vacant or they will buy a property with tenants in it. Owner occupiers mm. will disregard some properties with tenants in it, regardless of when that lease expires. Yeah. If that lease is going to expire any time in the next three to four months, it's just about trying to get, obviously, the buyer engaged and then having that conversation with them about what their options are. Yeah. Whereas... They'll see tenanted property and disregard it straight away. Yeah, sometimes. okay. Um, see your point. Which is not what obviously we want the best buyer to pay the most money. Um, but you've got to sort of keep be it as, open. Be to as the attractive market. as possible. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. If it's a long term lease, you'd be stupid not to put it in there. Yeah, okay, cool. Common sense. Yeah. Provides. Well, I was just gonna say that does actually make a lot of sense, not so. <laughs> 
All right. Well, look, I don't have any other questions for Nick, Cal. No, I think Nick is a master of selling investors. (laughs) (laughs) I do, though, because I like that you're just so open and clear with tenants. It's just so important. Yeah. Yeah, look, it does. It makes it easier for us, doesn't it, in the office? And, you know, we've got a big team, so it's nice when we've got sales reps that actually know what the girls do and and know how to help the process a little bit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks, Nicholas. Oh, no, anytime. Don't say that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Alliance experience. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, alliance.leasing.